Welcome to Hope Community Church's Sermon of the Week. It's our prayer that this message will encourage and equip you to love like Jesus. To learn more about Hope, visit us at hccalive.com. Now enjoy the message. This evening, as we gather, we gather in remembrance of what Jesus experienced the Friday before the Sunday. It's a time of reflection. It's a, it's a time for us to be reminded of the lengths that Jesus went through, not just to demonstrate his love, but to make a way that we can have a relationship with God through his sacrifice. Throughout Jesus' earthly ministry up until this point, he's cleansed people, he's healed those with leprosy, he's cast out demons, he's fed the multitudes, he's given sight to the blind, he's even raised people from the dead. And all of these things have provided a physical redemption for people's physical bodies. As helpful as that has been, the most important thing that Jesus would do would be to provide spiritual redemption. That would cost him his very life. For him to redeem us spiritually, Jesus would offer himself in our place. It would be the greatest act of redemption in all of mankind, in all of human history. Let me set the scene for you. As Ben taught last Sunday, Jesus has just come into Jerusalem. The people have been screaming, Hosanna. They've been looking for a king. Jesus has spent the week with people from all around trying to be near him, to be close to him. He's spent time with his disciples. And here we are in the final hours before he would be arrested. And as a result, he's with his disciples in the upper room. One of the first things that he does is he washes their feet. Jesus had come not to be served, but to serve. He washes their feet as an act of care, as, a, as an act of love, as an act of humility, really. None of the other disciples in that upper room were willing to allow themselves to be humbled to that capacity, but Jesus was. Not only has he washed their feet, but he's instituted what we've come to know today as the Lord's Supper. He was reminding them of what he would go through and telling them in advance. But for one reason or another, they were unable to grasp what he was sharing with them. They, they couldn't experience the weight of what Jesus would be going through. And so he's sharing with the disciples what's going to come. Then Jesus takes his disciples to a place where they would spend time in prayer. We know it today as the Garden of Gethsemane. It's a place where the disciples and Jesus had prayed on many different occasions, and tonight would be very different, though. It would be a place where they would gather for prayer, but it was also a place where Judas, the one whom would betray Jesus, would know exactly where to find Jesus. You see, during this time, as people had gathered from all around and flooded the city of Jerusalem, Jesus could have hidden. He could have been out of sight. He could have made himself unavailable for Judas to lead the people to arrest him, but he didn't. He didn't hide. He went to the place that Judas knew he would be, and it's here this evening that we focus on the details of 
Jesus's experience. It's really a time of intimacy that Jesus shared with his disciples. And I want us to to be invited into that time where Jesus is with his 12 disciples, where he's sharing his heart with them. And let's see how the disciples receive this. In Matthew's gospel, chapter 26, verse, chapter 26, verse 36, the text tells us, then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, James and John, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful even to death. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little farther, he fell on his face and he prayed, saying these words, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but your will. I think about the place that Jesus had taken his disciples in this moment of intimacy. It's called the Garden of Gethsemane. It actually means oil press. The Garden of Gethsemane is on the slopes of, on the, slopes of the Mount of Olives, but really it's only about a mile from the place where he would be crucified just hours later. And as he brings his disciples to this place to gather to prayer, he, he lets the other eight disciples, and he brings with him James, John, and Peter. And he says, guys, come with me as we spend some time in prayer, and here's what's significant about this. Both, or all three, Peter, James, and John, had all declared their willingness to die with Jesus. Peter, most recently, he said, I'm willing to die with you. I'm willing to die for you. James and John actually had come to Jesus just days earlier and they said, Jesus, when you establish your kingdom, grant to us this wish. We want to sit one at your left and one at your right hand. Jesus' response to them in that moment was, can you drink of the cup that I'm going to drink? They say we can. He says, you will drink of the cup. You will be baptized with this baptism. But they didn't understand yet what that meant. And I think about how Jesus prayed, Father, if, it's, if there's any way possible, let this cup pass from me. This cup has significance. And we're going to look at that. And the significance of the cup is the cup of suffering. You see, when we take communion together, we take of the cup, the suffering, to remember what Jesus did for us. But here's what Jesus tells him in these verses. It says, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. He shares this with his disciples and he says, my soul is very sorrowful even to death. Jesus invites the three people on earth who were the closest to him he invites them into the suffering. He shares his heart with them. And in this moment, Jesus is experiencing the sorrow because he knows what's coming. The disciples didn't. But he knew what was coming. He knew what was awaiting him. 
As Trenton shared earlier, he would, he would be willing to go through all of that for the joy that was set before him. And that joy, of course, is to be able to redeem humanity. But in this moment, as Jesus is experiencing the sadness and the sorrow and the weight, he shares with Peter, James, and John. He invites them in, but they couldn't understand. I, I just can't help but think about how lonely Jesus must have been in this moment. I can't help but think about how lonely it felt for the three people who on earth were the closest to him, and yet they don't understand. What makes this even more lonely is that God, who's never left him, who's never abandoned him, would have to turn away from Jesus. Jesus is experiencing an intense loneliness. In some forms, I know that many of us have experienced loneliness, but none of us to this degree. None of us have experienced the loneliness to this degree because we've never had God leave us. Jesus knows that there's gonna come a point where God has to turn away from him. So he prays, God, if there's any way for this cup to pass from me, if there's any way that there, there can be a different method Please allow it, but not my will be done, but yours. You can see the submission that Jesus has to the Father. The text continues. In verse 40, it says this, And he, Jesus, came to his disciples. He found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, So, could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. He tells Peter, the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And again, for a second time, he went away from them and he prayed, my father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. And again, he came and he found his disciples sleeping for their eyes were heavy. So leaving them again, he went away and prayed a third time saying the same words again, which we know what they are. Father, is there any way that this cup can pass? Is there any other way? The anguish that Jesus experienced only hours before the cross, we have the words recorded and this is what we celebrate on Good Friday because of what he was willing to do for us. So Jesus invites his disciples in to pray for them and he even says, the spirit is willing, but it's your flesh that's weak. Jesus knew this. He experienced both. The willingness of the spirit and the desire of the flesh to not go through the cross. Jesus is praying for God that if there was any other way, and one of the reasons I think this is so powerful isn't because Jesus didn't want to die for us. That's the reason that he had come. But he didn't want the separation from God. But there was no other way. Jesus needed to take the full weight of sin. There was no other way for us to be made right with God but for Jesus to go through what we could never go through so that we could experience what only Jesus could provide. We get a glimpse 
of the anguish that Jesus experienced. But we could never have this compare with the anguish of our own lives at times because here Jesus, again, is going to experience separation from God. Jesus prayed again, God, if there's any way that this cup can pass from me, please allow that to happen. But Jesus, again, was totally submitted to the Father's will. Jesus knew why he had come. Jesus knew that only he would be able to be the perfect, sinless sacrifice. Jesus being both fully man and fully God would take the weight of humanity upon himself. So all three of Jesus' prayers maintain an obedience to God. Each of his prayers maintain a, a submission to God's will. Not only is Jesus totally obedient to the will of God, but he models for his disciples the very thing that he prayed. We know it today as the Lord's Prayer. And in that prayer, we, we say, God, not my will, but your will be done. Not only was Jesus praying it, but he was living it. So what does this cup represent? The cup that Jesus was praying for if there was any other way to, to pass by, it was the cup of suffering. It represents the sin of the world. That Jesus would take. That Jesus would drink in. It wasn't just the sin of each of us which would be enough. But it was the very sin of all of the world. The sin of the past, the sin of the present, and the sin of the future. For every single person, by drinking of this cup, Jesus would experience the separation from God. God would have to look away from his very son. I believe without a doubt. This was the most painful part of what Jesus would experience. It would be the separation from God. And I know that this is the most painful part because there have been moments in our lives before we trusted God that there was a separation, that there was a gap. And there's never a time so lonely as a separation from God. And the weight of that, as Jesus prepares to experience it, the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians that he who knew no sin, Jesus, would become sin so that we could become his righteousness. Jesus could have hidden. He could have stayed concealed. He could have made it impossible for Judas to find him. But instead, for the joy that was set before him, which is making a way for us to have a relationship with God, he went to a place that Judas would know where to find him. And he prayed. 
And he invited his followers to pray with him. Jesus had come for a purpose. And the purpose that Jesus had come wasn't just to provide temporary physical healing, although he did that. The purpose for Jesus' birth, he came to die. He came to die the death that we deserve so that we could have a relationship with God through his death. In just a few moments, we're going to continue with a time of reflection and communion. But I want to invite us to reflect on the cup of suffering that Jesus experienced. And as we do that, with greater appreciation, we can look to Jesus and we can thank him for what he's done for us. I want to invite you to pray with me as we continue in our time of service. God, we ask you to please help us to reflect upon what you went through, Jesus. That we can, with greater appreciation, look to you. That we can, with greater appreciation, thank you for what you've done for us. We ask this in your precious name. Amen. Thanks for listening to our Sermon of the Week. To learn more about Hope Community Church, go to hccalive.com and click on the hub. Don't forget to subscribe and may we continue to love like Jesus.